Welcome to Poptopia. Welcome to Poptopia, a podcast for all things pop culture. I'm your host, Paul French, and it is Wednesday, September 3rd, 2008. On today's show, we take a look at what went wrong in the movie business this year. We look at the new TV season, and we say goodbye to the voice of the movies. Yeah, uh, we'll start off with that, actually. Uh, Don LaFontaine, who was the voice. I mean, not just a voice. He was the voice, you know, when you heard the, in a world where... You know, all that stuff was Don LaFontaine. He was voice of the movie trailers. Um, and we actually learned that uh, through a recent uh, Geico commercial, um, you know, that show that really showed him sort of saying this whole, you know, doing his his shtick. Um, and there had been all sorts of things sort of talking about this guy. And he was really the originator of the modern voiceover for movie trailers. And uh, that according to voiceover artist Jim Tasker. He also said that, the, that he's the standard for which all vo- other voiceovers for movie trailers are measured. For the past 30 years, his voice has been the gauge for all of us in the industry. Uh, LaFontaine died on Monday at the age of 68 from uh, complications to an ongoing illness. And uh, he actually died of... Uh, of a, uh, a lung pleurisy. And um, another voiceover artist, uh, Tom Kane, said that the truth is there's only about 15 to 20 guys in the country who can do this. They'll do their best to fill his shoes. It's funny, you can hear it in their voices. To one degree or another, they're all doing their best Don LaFontaine impersonation. Uh, LaFontaine uh, actually started out as an audio engineer back in 1965 and uh, essentially did his first voiceover when another announcer didn't show up for a recording session. So his first narration was a promo for the movie Gunfighters of Casa Grande. And uh, Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer liked his performance so much that he went on to do more than 5,000 trailers in a career that spanned 33 years. And uh, certainly in a world without this guy, he will be missed. So... What happened in the movie business uh, this this year? Um, you know, it's didn't didn't we have like tons of huge huge movies and they all did really well? We actually ended up down just just a little bit, just a little bit um, we, it, from last year. Now, last year's uh, all, uh, figure was an all time high of four point one six billion. This year it was four point one three billion. Now, I say just a little bit, but I'll tell you, I could live for many, many, many years off uh, that little point zero three of a billion. I, 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 I'm not, I haven't even actually calculated it, but I'll bet you I could do this show every day with that because I wouldn't have to do anything else. Or I, I, maybe I should do the math on that, but... You know, it's not like it's not like I've got to do the math on it because someone is going to come over and and sign me to that. But despite the fact that The Dark Knight um, has, you know, hit grosses, um, you know, second only to Titanic. And let's just put away all the uh, the butts and seats measures, because right now we're just talking the dollars, because ultimately right now that's what they're looking at is uh, is where that went. So you got the second biggest movie in Hollywood history. You've got sky high ticket prices and you don't hit the record. So part of it was, uh, you know, there was dwindling attendance, but another thing was there was no late summer blockbuster. Basically you had, you know, they, that's why they call them temp poles because they kind of hold up the whole thing. But what you had is you had the big movie opened in the middle of the summer and, uh, and then it was diminishing returns from there. Uh, there was, I think more expected from a movie like the mummy uh, and you know we had the Mummy Three coming out, and uh, and it really didn't uh, didn't mean expectations 
you know, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what it was budgeted at, but uh, right now it's only ticked up around 99 million, and I'll bet you it cost a lot more than that. Um, so you know, last year there was a a, a huge uh, August blockbuster in the Born Ultimatum, which came in at uh, 228 million. Um, but yeah, so so Tomb of the Dragon Emperor didn't do so well. Um, some other highlights and lowlights of the summer, according to Box Office Mojo, you had set twelve summer launched films that made at least a hundred million, and another five have a good shot at passing that. Six films made at least two hundred million. That'd be Kung Fu Panda, uh, Wally, Hancock, and uh, and I guess you're looking at indie, uh, Dark Knight, and Iron Man. Uh, three films made well, and here we go. Three films made more than three hundred million, and that of course included. Um, Kingdom, uh, you know, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull at 316 mil and Iron Man at 318 mil. And of course, one movie made more than 500 million and so lands second place right behind uh, Titanic. So what they needed more than just having one more $500 million hit was, you know, one or two more $300 million hits. So, you know, when you look at last summer's top four movies, Spider-Man 3, uh, Shrek the Third, Transformers, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, you know, basically the those those four outgrossed this summer's top four, even though none of them came out to uh, three hundred thirty six million. It's just you know it it all kind of skewed to uh, to the Dark Knight. So you know you had people going to see that sort of again instead of uh, of seeing something else, and uh, that's when you get into people going to matinees, etc., etc., etc. But uh, you know they got they got shocked by the idea that that uh, female fronted movies can make money. Sex in the City, of course, with one hundred fifty three million. Angelina Jolie with one hundred thirty four million in Wanted, and uh, Mamma Mia with one hundred thirty three million. Seriously, Mamma Mia made just a million short of of Wanted. Uh, that actually surprises me. And actually, they're saying that it'll probably pass Wanted shortly because, you know, it's still out. So, um, when does a top finish, uh, top 10 finish mean nothing? When you're the Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, 142 million made about half as much worldwide as its predecessor, Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe. So, will it be out again? I'm going to skip the, the notes about the Hulk because I think I've done that to death and I'm just not going to get into that, but... Well, you know, listen to some past shows and you'll you'll know what I mean. <clears throat> um, and of course, uh, Get Smart did 128 million gross on an 80 million dollar budget, um, but did better than uh, you know, marginally better than last year's movie uh, Evan Almighty. However, Evan Almighty had a 175 million dollar budget. See, a whole different thing. Anyway, lots of things going on there, but uh, and it's not really fair talking uh, about. Uh, Mike Myers, you know, going from Shrek to the Love Guru, uh, three hundred twenty-three million last year to thirty-two million this year. Uh, very different animals, and, and uh, but there you have it. Uh, you know, it was definitely, um, you know, definitely not his strongest performance. And uh, I think there's a lot of other stuff going on there under the uh, under the surface. Anyway, so there you go. So so basically, you've got these huge ticket prices. How can you not make money on a movie that costs only thirty-five million to produce? You make $21 million, like the X-Files, I want to believe. You can bet there's probably not going to be an, another X-Files movie for, for quite some time. So rather than sort of sit there looking at his wounds, uh, Steve Summers, director of the uh, uh, um, of the 
I, I, I'm totally lost it. Uh, the, the mummy three, um, uh, curse of the dragon empire. Um, <clears throat> he is, uh, taking a swing at Tarzan. That's right. Steven Summers is negotiating right now with Warner brothers to bring a new version of the Edgar Rice Burroughs creation, Tarzan, Lord of the Apes to the big screen. Now, if he can do it and retain that whole pulpy feel, I'll be really interested in seeing that. Uh, this, of course, was announced a couple of years ago with Guillermo del Toro attached to direct. But basically, now that um, del Toro is committed to, you know, those those little Hobbit guys uh, for the next four years, um, it, the the option has come open. So um, Tarzan, of course, has had many film treatments, um, even just looking at the stuff in the last sort of, uh, what, 30 years. You had uh, John Derrick did the Tarzan the Ape Man. Uh, in 1981, then of course you had Grace Stoke, the Legend of Tarzan, and uh, and and the, the you know the most notable thing about that, aside from the fact that uh, Glenn Close overdubbed all of Andy McDowell's audio, was that uh, Robert Town's dog actually got an Oscar nomination as the screenwriter. Kind of neat, huh? And of course there was that Disney one. I remember something about it. Anyway, um, Stu Beatty, who wrote Collateral, is going to be uh, is is signed to uh, to write this one, and they're looking at developing an entirely new approach, of course. Uh, but aside from that, they're not getting into any any more details. Uh, so, uh, of course, uh, Summers did the Mummy movies, uh, the Scorpion King, and Van Helsing, and has recently finished shooting GI Joe: Rise of Cobra, which is coming out next summer from Paramount. So there you have it. All kinds of stuff going on there. Okay, so. What uh, what are you going to be watching? Uh, what are you going to be watching this 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 fall? You know we're in fall. It is September third. It is no longer the uh, heydays of summer. And I don't know where 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 you were, but I know for for us there was there was a little bit of rain, a little bit of rain. Usually uh, by August it's all looking scorched earth, and that's how you know that the new TV season is coming. But this year. The grass is a bright green, and it's just like everything else that has been delayed due to the writer's strike, uh, just like all those things. So let's uh, let's take a look-see at what is coming out, uh, and really what I'm going to do here is I'm just going to look at, uh, at when things are premiering, okay? So let's do it network by network. We'll start with ABC. Uh, they have Dancing with the Stars starting on September 22nd, uh, Boston Legal also starting on September 22nd at 10 p.m., Opportunity Knock, so this is a season premiere, uh, Tuesday, September 23rd. Dancing with the Stars also starts, well, I guess that's the other version, you know, the performance show or whatever. Um, you got Ugly Betty on Thursday, September 25th. Grey's Anatomy makes its return September 25th. And Extreme Makeover Home Edition on, on September 28th. Desperate Housewives comes back uh, to its Sunday 9, 9 p.m. time slot on September 28th followed by Brothers and Sisters at 10 p.m. Pushing Daisies is going to uh, to be moving to, is going to be coming out uh, October 1st, 8 p.m., followed by Private Practice at 9 p.m., uh, and Dirty Sexy Money right after that. So they're looking at get, keeping that whole, uh, that little Wednesday block that they were working on. Um, then, uh, okay, Samantha, Samantha Who uh, will start October 6th. On Monday and Life on Mars. This is the new version with Jason Mara. I don't know. Um, it, it, certainly, anything that was shown on on the press tour is is kind of null and void because they replaced almost the entire cast, with the exception of Jason Mara. So we'll have to see what happens there. Um, anyway, it starts uh, Thursday, October 9th at ten p.m. 
So they're really going, you know, they're going after that ER time slot. And uh, as as ER sort of finishes its last season here. Um, and Eli Stone uh, managed to get renewed, which is great. Love that show. Uh, and that will start Tuesday, October 14th. We move over to CBS. And the Monday comedy block starts on September 22nd at 8 p.m. And so that's uh, basically Big Bang Theory uh, at 8, How I Met Your Mother at 8.30, Two and a Half Men at 9, um, followed by, and this is a new one added in, Worst Week. Uh, yeah, this this one, I don't know if Worst Week is going to be sticking there too long. I think they're going to hope that they have a few um, uh uh, old Christine's available, New Adventures of Old Christine. Although right now she's looking at Wednesday, September twenty fourth at eight p.m. Interesting that they're going to put that show on an earlier time slot because usually they kind of flirt with the put us on at nine thirty kind of stuff. Um, then again, hey, two and a half men Saturday eight o'clock. Hell, two and a half men sits in syndication pretty regularly now, so. I guess they're not as afraid about that, and that's not a bad thing. Gary Unmarried starts September 24th at 8.30. Criminal Minds follows it up at 9 p.m. Uh, CSI New York starts uh, September 24th at 10 p.m. And um, at, you know, looking at some other things, uh, Survivor, uh, Gabon? 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 I don't know. Uh, starts September 25th at 8 p.m. Uh, running down the list, uh, Cold Case, Septem- Sunday, September 28th, 9 p.m., followed by The Unit at 10 p.m. Um, the Ghost Whisperer makes its way back on Friday, October 3rd at 8 p.m., followed right immediately by The X List, and this is a new show with... Uh, I, I don't want to mix up my research, so I'm, I'm, I, it's not Autumn Research. It's the other research. It's the one that was in Grey's Anatomy last year. She played the... Um, it, she played Ava slash whatever. Um, she was... Uh, Anyway, if you know the one I mean, you know the one I mean. If you don't, then you don't care. So it makes it easy. Uh, anyway, this is her new show. Um, and uh, so that's going to start at 9 p.m., uh, followed by Numbers at 10 p.m. And, of course, CSI uh, Classic <laughs> will be on uh, starting October 9th at 9 p.m. And then the 11th hour uh, at, following that at 10 p.m. Um, so it looks like they're really looking at putting a couple of new shows up against the uh, the last season of, of ER. Anyway, a quick look at the clock uh, shows me that there's no way I'm going to finish the last of these networks. So what I'll do is I'll uh, I'll follow that up with another episode. Uh, we'll we'll cover off NBC and Fox, and then I'll get into what the new shows are and what we can expect, and I'll give you my uh, I'll give you my two cents on each of them. Comments, as always, are welcome at poptopiapodcast at gmail.com. And uh, head on over to the forum at forum.poptopiapodcast.com and let us know what you think. <laughs>